Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and I'm Zooming with my mum. Say hi. Hi, darling. Today we have a remarkable, brilliant woman who only runs the best festival in the whole wide world. It's Emily Evis, who is all things Glastonbury Festival. Unfortunately, Glastonbury isn't on this year, of course, because of older Miss Rona. Old who? Corona! Oh, Miss Corona. Um, anyway... It's not on this year. However, Emily has taken the time out to chat with us before the BBC actually are showing a whole weekend's worth of memorable performances from Glastonbury because it would have been this weekend. We're all sad about that. But however, we're going to see all the best bits from Glastonbury over the course of the weekend on BBC. And um, we're very, very lucky to have her. She doesn't do that much press ever, really. So we're about to ask her the hard hitting questions about what she has for breakfast. Apologies in advance. It's a Monday morning and everyone is Zooming at the moment and um, potentially there may be a few audio discrepancies, whether that's my mum forgetting to put her mic on or connections. Sorry in advance. The wonderful Emily Evis coming up on Table Manners. Emily Evis. Thank you so much for doing Table Manners. Oh, well, thanks for having me. This is quite the booking for us. <laughs> no, honestly, this is, you know, you you have so much mystique and kind of you're, you're this person that we all love and adore and worship every year. Oh, um, well, it's a pleasure to have you and meet you finally. How are you? How is it? You know, it's coming up to next week would have been the weekend, but how are you feeling? How's lockdown been? Do you know what? It's so far, it's, I think it's getting better now. I think March was yeah. devastating. We were just so gutted. And it was like one of those weird things yeah. where even though it looked like the rest of the world was kind of, they were all far ahead of us and everything was kind of shutting down all over the place, it kind of felt like we weren't, you know, we weren't going to have to for a bit, didn't it? We were all optimistically mm. carrying on. And then suddenly within like 24 hours, it was like, there's no chance we're going to be able to do this. Yeah. And so we kind of pulled the plug on it. And um, yeah, it was really, it was really sad because we'd kind of, we got so far with it. So we had it all in place. Yeah. Um, and, but you know, now it's getting better because we're kind of through, we're nearly through June. And I think as soon as we're through June, it'll be like, we'll be on to next year. 
Yeah, I feel like, you, yeah, I remember you, because the announcement of the lineup kind of came out and everyone was like, yes, virtual cheer. And then, of course, you couldn't, you didn't know that you wouldn't be able to do it. It was no. just, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We And to be honest, we did, we kind of, we were like, maybe we shouldn't release the lineup, but we'd spent so long putting it all together. So we slightly put that out, realising that there was a chance that we might not, have, might not be able to do it. But we wanted to kind of let people know because it was either that or like, you know, people go, oh, well, who was going to play? So we just we put it out there. And um, and then a week later, we cancelled. Well, I was going to be on the lineup and I was really excited to play. And, you know, there'll be another year and it's fine. But I mean, I just have to say it is the best. It's the best festival in the world. I've had such incredible memories there oh that's brilliant I remember my first my first Glastonbury was when I'd finished university and we all went and we got there on the Wednesday and I remember the go and fish curry that changed my life (gasps) by the West Holt stage so how did you find that did somebody give you a tip on that because that's real kind of insider info so on your first Glastonbury experience that's pretty lucky it may not have been my first Glastonbury experience but however it's made an everlasting impression on me the go and fish curry people (laughs) that know know and it is sensational and I mean I wanted to talk Mm. to you about because you know you've got like over what 400 different varieties of food different stalls um and you know it's not Mm. just burger and chips however much we love burger and chips You've got everything there. The, yeah, the food is so much. It really has taken a step forward in the last kind of 10 years or so. I mean, it's always, we've always had good food, but I think we've got rid of some of those kind of vans, which were just like churning out rubbish burgers. Um, and now everybody kind of makes a real effort, like with their, even the presentation of the stalls, it's just really like handmade signs and real love kind of gone into it. And the food is just amazing. I mean, there's like everything I mean, for us, it's amazing because we live in Somerset and you just don't get much variety of what, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, if you wanted a curry, you'd have to like drive for 20 minutes. Do you know what I mean? And like now suddenly, like for, for a week, everything is on the doorstep. I wondered how you choose which stalls. Loads of people must want to be at Glastonbury and show off their food. I just wondered how you choose. Yeah, it is quite... um, I mean, to be honest, a lot of people have been here for a long time. So they kind of, um, you know, the rollover of the same people. And then we kind of, we tweak it a little bit every year. Um... I mean, we they put applications in and we go through all of the applications. We've got a markets office who just deal with all the stalls alone. It's quite a big job. Emily, is anyone doing chicken soup and matzo balls yet? Oh, good question. You know what? I don't know. That's my speciality. And I think it's the only way I'm ever going to get to Glastonbury because Jessie never, ever lets me go on her guest list to accompany her. Has Jessie not brought you down? No, she hasn't, Emily. Um, They're gold dust. Those tickets are gold dust. And sorry, I don't want to be in the rabbit hole with my mother (laughs) after I've performed. I'm sorry. I don't want to be in the rabbit hole either. No, you don't. (laughs) You don't have to go to the rabbit hole. (laughs) I don't even know what that is. To be honest, I really wouldn't recommend it. If you're going to come for the first time, you can easily avoid the rabbit hole. As good a venue as it is. My mum saw when Shirley Bassey played that Shirley, you know, came by helicopter, had the Diamante wellies. And that is how my mum wants to make her entrance for when, like... (laughs) 
<laughs> when I play. As long as I don't spill the chicken soup, darling. Well, I mean, I do think it would be quite medicinal to have some chicken soup and matzo balls God, on yeah. site because yeah. it's kind of it's Jewish penicillin. It sorts everyone out. I think it would sort out a hangover. My God, we could all do with that, to be honest. I mean, I. So, I mean, Jesse, are you up for coming back next year? I mean, I'm thinking we make a plan now. Absolutely, 100%. I will. I, I was like there, like watching my opportunity to play this album pass me by and there. And I was, oh my God, absolutely. And I now have it in audible confirmation. I'm, I'm coming, Brilliant. absolutely will be there. Brilliant. With bells on. With your mum. My mum may be allowed to oh, come with come the chicken soup. On. Thank you, Emily. Yeah, just confirm that now. Let's get it, let's get yeah, it yeah, sorted. Yeah. Mum will pay you in chicken soup for her ticket. There you go, it's sorted. Oh my God, I can't think of anything better, <laughs> to be honest. But I want to know how you do it. How do you pick your, your food for the week, a weekend or week, I guess? Or do you just not eat for that weekend? To be honest, I mean, I wish we had, I'd love to have the whole weekend just exploring the food (laughs) because it's so amazing. But like, it's really hard to find that time to even like get a meal in because it's so manic and you're kind of so adrenalized just running around. But when you said the go and fish curry place, there is normally like one, if there's like one stall that we don't miss, it's probably that one. Um, Like it's just so, it's so good. But I, yeah, because I, I, I presume it's almost like your wedding every year or, you know, a bar mitzvah or, you know, a huge event where it's, you're so wanting everyone else to have a good time. You kind of maybe forget about eating. looking mm, after yeah. yourself, eating, drinking properly, sleeping yeah. properly. Exactly. I mean, how do you, how do you relax after it's all done? Do you get the blues like everybody else? Or are you like, fuck off out of my field, get out, I'm sick to death of seeing the sight of you. <laughs> but, you know what? In the, like, in my kind of childhood people just took ages and ages to to leave like it kind of the departure went on for about two weeks and so you just have people here for ages but now most people are pretty good at leaving on the Monday so like you know by the following weekend it's actually quite peaceful um we do have a kind of welfare facility that looks after some of the more vulnerable people you know at the end um and so that kind of keeps going for a couple of weeks and um but, but you know I but it takes quite a long time to recover. I think it kind of takes until September, really, to feel like normal again. So much goes into it. You're just so exhausted. Of course. But you've grown up with this, Emily. Glastonbury has been part of your world since you were born. Well, how old were you when it first took off? Well, it started before me. So um, I arrived in 79 and the festival started in 1970. So, yeah, it had been going quite a long time. But all the fun was in the 80s, surely. It was pretty It was pretty hairy in the 80s. It was quite different to how it is now. It was more like the Wild West. It was kind of like unpredictable nature of the festival was like, it was, uh, how can I describe it? There were kind of more, more, there were more drugs, more dealers, and it was a little bit more like wild because there was really no fence. So even though we put a fence up, people used to kind of like storm in and, and as a result, there were more, yeah, it was a little bit more like illegal raves and stuff. And with that came a few more casualties and, it, it, you know, it was a bit more unruly. Did your dad protect you from that? My mum did, actually, um, because my mum was kind of always like keeping me safe at home. And my dad was kind of running around dealing with people and kind of putting fires out, literally. 
<laughs> so, um, but it's hard to, at that point, I think if you'd said, will it be going, at, you know, in 2020, no one would have said yes. It kind of felt like every year was the last. It was so, so kind of wild and just a bit like, it had that sort of, yeah, illegal rave kind of feeling to it. So can you remember the first act that you remember as being most memorable when you were a kid that made such a big impression on you? Um, I remember things like Van Morrison, Elvis Costello, Shakespeare's sister, Aswad. Aswad. Um, Ian Dury, Joan Baez. Oh, wow. There was only one stage, so it wasn't like it is now. We all kind of watched the same band, so everyone was on the same like, so every audience member, I guess, was watching the same act, which now is just so different. And when you come, you'll see it's like there are so many different stages. So, like, you know, it's very like you'll kind of you'll meet your mates at the end of the day and be like, what have you what have you seen? What have you done? And everyone's had a completely different experience. When I'm at Glastonbury, my step count is off the chain. I mean, I'm doing like 40,000 steps in a day. Gosh. You're just, it's a world, mum. It's kind of, it's this magical world. Gosh. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get ready, mum. Yeah. You need to get training for Glastonbury schlepping. Yeah. It is like, it is a world and it is, it is a city and it's, um, and you do so much exercise, <laughs> more than you'll ever do in your life. Because you kind of run between, we, I mean, we do, we like run between stages and kind of don't want to miss stuff. There's lots of hills. So it is really good. People actually do like runs around the fence line. Have you heard about that? Like kind of Saturday morning no. jobs and stuff. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a thing now. What? Like the five k? But yeah. it wouldn't be. How many k's is it? Well, I don't know. It's about. It's probably more than. It's about eight miles long. The fence. So that's pretty good. How did you train to help your father run Glastonbury? Did you go to? Well, you went to school, I assume. You weren't. Yeah, you, I you went were to school. school yeah. I went to school. I went to Goldsmiths in London. Um, oh, and wow. Then I went to... Oh, that's right. Where, where I live. Is it? Yeah, I'm in New Crossgate. Yeah. So um, I was in London studying and teaching in Newham and Goldsmiths. And I came back when my mum was ill because I was helping look after her because she wasn't very well. And she died about a month before the festival. So oh. I kind of... I, I didn't see myself like in this role at all but because of the circumstances I ended up getting kind of really involved that year um, mainly just to help my dad through it all. Which year was that Emily? That was 99. Oh wow I'm so sorry. So yeah no it was really it was kind of emotional I mean at the time it was really difficult and it but in a way it was like quite a comfort having the festival at that point because it was so much about their kind of relationship and their life together so we kind of um, threw so much into it and we really like um, <clears throat> it became a lifeline good the festival to us so so then from then on did you carry on working on the festival or did you yeah <clears throat> so sorry did you did you never finish your degree no so I left I had a placement I came back and then I guess I thought that year that I was probably, I needed a bit of experience. You know, my, the question that you originally asked was about how I ended up knowing anything about putting on events. Well, I kind of, I, I went back to London and I put on loads and loads of gigs. So I just, I kind of, I did lots of work for charities and I organised loads and loads of gigs across town and I put on bands because I kind of wanted to know that I could do it. Um, I didn't want to just like 
be in this role without actually having being able to have any experience in the live sector so I kind of yeah that's what I did for a mm. few years um whilst working on the festival at the same time and who was your first booking um when in in your London gigs so we did we booked Vampire Weekend actually at the social um we did a night Amazing. called Holy Cow which was brilliant um and then we booked and then we did like kind of bigger bands like REM at that point and um you know, Noel Gallagher did some things and um, we Coldplay and various bands. So we did, we did quite a lot of stuff, but the social was like our kind of new music night, which, which I did with Nick, my husband. Mm. Um, and we just, we just used to put on those bands. Vamp- Vampire Weekend were like, yeah, they were just like their first trip to London. Uh, it was brilliant. Really good. You know that room downstairs at the social? Yes. It was like packed. Yeah, okay. sweaty, packed, brilliant. Yeah. I wanted to know, growing up, what's your kind of, um, you, who was making dinner? What were you eating? Um, what's kind of a, a food memory from when you were young? So um, <clears throat> we grew up with probably, so my mum would would always be preparing meals. And, you know, I'm like the youngest of a lot of kids. And there are lots of different, there are different strands. It's been like two marriages so I've got like six half sisters basically and a brother so um so there would be kind of my mum kind of did all the cooking my dad's quite traditional in the fact that he's kind of a traditional farmer Mm. and you know he quite likes like just really simple like meat and two veg you know like that would be his and so um whereas my mum would try and experiment and he'd be like "Mm, where's the swede (laughs) (laughs) he he he, um we went to a restaurant the other day and he was like well before lockdown that is and and he was like, have you got any uh, turnip? <laughs> so it was Glastonbury an active farm? Was it an active farm? Yes. So yes, your da- did your dad have animals or, or crops? He is a dairy farmer and, and we're the sixth generation. Oh, wow. So my, my family have been here for a very long time. So it's got that feeling of kind of... Um, the ancestral home you know like it kind of like yeah. the history you can feel it in the walls and so you've been brought up on full fat milk all your life exactly exactly <laughs> have any of you told your dad that you were going to be vegan <laughs> yeah yeah in fact there's a couple of vegetarians yeah yeah um i don't know if people have gone off dairy completely but we're not massive i'm not a massive consumer of dairy um yeah i'm not sure how my dad would feel about oat milk I'd have to ask him. Oh, I know how I feel about oat milk. How do you feel? How do you feel about oat milk? Go on, tell me. Not, I feel not very happy. I like proper milk. Oh, I feel really? like you are you are discriminating when I feel like you've never even had an oat milk flat white yet, Mum. I have, darling. I have had an oat milk flat white and a chai latte. I think. How did it taste? It tasted the same, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 I hate to admit it. <laughs> so, Jesse, how are you with dairy? Well, you know what? I think this has been the saddest thing that I've learned in lockdown. I think I'm slightly dairy intolerant and I won't give up on it because we ad- I adore kind of everything. I mean, my ultimate pleasure is cream on ice cream. So, like, I kind of, yeah, live for it. But, yeah, my husband's well into all the alternatives and I feel like he's just sl- pushing out dairy from all of our lives and... Yeah, I think it's probably a good thing for me. But yeah, no, I I, I love it all. Do you do you ha- you don't do you have a stand? You should have a stand, or maybe you do. Well, we sell our cheese, but um, oh wow, it's, which cheese is it? It's just a just a worthy cheddar. 
<laughs> but, um, oh, I love no, cheddar. It's my favourite. Oh, do you? Oh, I'll get some. Well, yeah. I'll send some over. Oh, I love it. It's got that. If it's really good cheddar with that slight crunch in it with yes. the calcium, I love it. Oh, yeah, that's exactly how it is. Quite rich, quite kind of nutty. Yeah. I'll send some over. Do you sell it? Do you sell it in kind of the local farm shops then? And I mean, obviously you do. Like it's a it's a cheddar that. I mean, could we get it in Waitrose? Well, to be honest, we're just about to. It will be available in the co-op soon, so you'll be able to get it. So, um, that's, yeah, that we're just course. about to look at eight different types of packaging in a minute. Um, so yeah, that's something that's <laughs> that's something that's happening now. But but funnily enough, my husband's gone off. He's slightly intolerant as well. So, in fact, I can see from here a, an oatmeal a bottle on his desk, which is... So, yeah, he's, he's, off, he's off dairy. Seems to be, be the way now. Does he work at Glastonbury too? Yes, he does. He does many of the bookings. So um, he oversees all of the music now, which is great because it kind of takes... Because the festival, like, there's... Although the bands are really, really important, there's, like a whole part of the festival which is like non-music which takes a lot of time as well so um and running yeah. all the dealing with all the different area organizers and all the food and everything else so um so nick takes that um pressure now which is good dealing with all the agents oh god poor thing <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I, but how did you meet nick did you because nick was um the chemical brothers manager right or is he still or no yes he is still and he's looked after them for a long time so i was trying to get him i was trying to get the chems to donate a track for an oxfam kind of cd type thing you know like a cover mouth cd they used to do in the olden days yeah um and um and then that's how I met him. So that was really lucky because he is, he's slotted in really well down here. He's brilliant. But, but Emily, what, I'd want, what I want to know is that how, how do you separate work with your father? I, I just, I wonder how, how that was and was it ever a bit of a struggle? Did you feel like you were just talking about Glastonbury the whole time? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I kind of battled to not let it overtake our personal mm. you know our father-daughter mm. relationship because it is such a sort of dominating yeah. thing and it kind of takes up so much of our lives but you know we we have quite a separate separate roles mm. really and as much as we do um you know we have times where we talk about certain things that cross both of our worlds but actually he kind of leads us to it mm. which is great and I and I leave him to do his things he likes to kind of go and meet you know the landowners who because we use like about 20 farms in total um, so he he does a lot of that work, and there's a kind of degree of separation from the things that we do. So, um, but we've always been very close, and there's always been that kind of understanding that we're just like, yeah, that we're kind of going to do the right thing. We've got similar sort of instincts. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I think if I'd kind of been trying to like, you know, cash in on it and kind of like make bring in mm. loads of massive brands or whatever maybe that would have been slightly like alarm bells would be ringing but I've kind of tried to keep it as pure as I can to the original you know essence of what it was in 1970 so um yeah I think we've got a good a good vibe do your brothers and sisters get involved with the business as well not no not with the business no they're much older than me so I came along 14 years after my brother oh wow so yeah I mean, there's kind of I suppose we Almost were a different generation exactly exactly and so they kind of had like prof they had proper professions and my brother's a doctor and snap yeah oh really yeah proper that's exactly uh... how I said to a proper job 
a proper job. <laughs> so it was like he, yeah, they kind of were like quite far down the road with other other professions when I I got involved. I wanted to I I wanted to also highlight that you have been doing loads, even though the festival couldn't happen this year. You've been really helping mm. with a lot of um, stuff to do with COVID. You know, you donated thousands of liters of hand sanitizer to frontline services and you know with and masks and ponchos and cotton bags and and, yeah. and and weren't some of your crew helping out to put together the bristol nightingale yeah hospital yeah exactly no we've like we were because because you know remember that like those first couple of weeks in lockdown when there was a shortage of everything mm. well in fact for about a month yeah. um we had so much because we obviously had ordered enough hand sanitizer for the mm. whole festival and all of our crew and then um we had we had so many resources so we just kind of started like handing them out to all of the hospitals and then cotton bags for scrubs and we kind of started yeah, so that that was quite a good project for us because you know at the beginning of it, it was like you felt a bit helpless, didn't you? So we could kind of it was quite it was quite a good feeling to be able to play a part in it and help out in some way. So how will you be spending the weekend that was meant to be the festival? Because I know that you're you're doing a whole um, weekend on the BBC. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah. So the BBC are going to be doing some coverage and some like going back through archive sets and things and like kind of greatest you know moments over the years 50 years etc and um yeah I, th- I think just um we'll be we'll be we'll be here on the farm and um and the BBC are going to be down here as well so it's going to be pretty busy and we're kind of trying to you know to say to the public don't come down and so we'll be putting that message out there as well would and- people come down is that what people you think people are going to intend to do would they just come down regardless well i think not necessarily and to be honest, on fallow years, they tend to be pretty good. But, you know, there might be the odd person. There was a guy from France who'd walked all the way from France to see Radiohead on our last year off. And um, oh, and he'd God. come all the way. I know, I just felt so bad for him. He's so tired. And um, and it was just obviously there was no festival on. So there's normally a few waves and strays, but it'll be okay. I think I'm sure most people will stay at home, especially as we're still in lockdown. Um, yeah, so we'll see. It'll be interesting. And I think you're probably quite quiet. You know, what's the most, the worst... I guess on these kind of sunny June days, it just feels mm. like, you know, just really, really quiet for us because we're so used to yeah. this kind of like buzz at this time. So um, so we'll be, it'll probably be quite a reflective week next week. I hope it's not blazing hot that weekend just because that would be oh, rubbing salt in the wound. I hope it pours down. Oh my God, Jessie, I, it's like the weather forecast is looking really good. It's so annoying. Oh, for God's sake. I know, it's I just know. typical. I'm like, no. What it, a it shame. Never mind, next year yeah, will be it, good. Yeah. It'll be even better. And to be honest, one of my best Glastonbury's was with um, when it, it was torrential rain that 2007 i think it was and it was torrential hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So I want to know what your last supper or maybe we can make it. I mean, we can maybe it will be including the festival's food. Oh, let's have it today, Jessie, okay. because it's a festival. All right, fine. OK, so last <laughs> supper, final meal, Glastonbury meal, starter, main, pud and drink of choice. Go. Oh, from all the, the stalls. OK, so I'd start well, it with... It can be like... anything. I, I Absolutely. I, I wonder whether any of the stalls will kind of get into your last supper or not. Uh, I mean, I, I think we'd have to make it out of festival stalls just for the... Yeah, okay, come on then. Uh, so I think probably um, there's this really old Japanese stall, which is, um, they've been here since I was little. And um, they are amazing, really, really lovely kind of um, family-run um, Japanese stall. So I'd probably start there with some kind of like... Japanese sort of starter. Where are they? Where are they usually placed or do they move? Just so, so if, in case people need to know. You're like doing the kind of Condé Nast, the, the time out um, for people to kind of write it down for next, next year. Yeah, okay. So they're really near Goose Hall which is where our crew catering is, um, which, so most near the meeting point, basically. Uh Um, So you want to, and actually it works quite well because you'd start there and then you'd walk up to West Holtz for your main course, which would be like the going fish curry for sure. Uh (laughs) Um, And then, and then, oh, I'm not sure what you do for dessert at the festival. Maybe you just go for some kind of, I mean, Cakes is not really so much a kind of strong point. Um, I think I've had a churros or two at Glastonbury. But I don't know if I have had that much sweet stuff. What about ice cream? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could could go for some nice local kind of creamy ice cream. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Some ice cream or some churros. Are you a sweet or a savoury kind of girl then, Emily? I quite like... We eat quite a lot of kind of... um, kind of savoury sort of Asian food me and Mm. my husband's really my husband's a really really good cook he's really into food so he would have already been starting to think about what we're going to eat tonight for example that's (laughs) my kind of man yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's me yeah so he'll be like he'll be starting to plan and he'll know exactly what we've got in the fridge um and so what are you having tonight well I don't know he's not here so you see I wouldn't know I thought I was really into cooking until I met him and now I'm just like pretty much redundant i do the kids food and then he just does all of the adult food um which is brilliant but it's kind of like i've got to really fight to like get in the kitchen have have you been able to get together with your dad um yes yeah we have which is good um, are you a bubble we we've bubbled up yeah exactly good but you guys are bubbled right well, we've started to bubble. Yeah, we're bubbling. If it's not mum dropping food. We saw each other in the in the garden for a while. Right. Um, but then yesterday they came in my they they came round and they came in the kitchen a bit. That's good. It was hard not to hug the grandchildren. That was yeah, the worst thing. I bet and so hard for them to understand because they're so young. Yeah. 
So difficult. It's so confusing. Yeah, my four-year-old daughter just keeps talking about the cough. and oh, um, the cough. And when the cough goes, you know, we'll have the festival back and it's just oh, like, oh, dear. bless. Yeah. <laughs> So you have you have you you have three children, don't you? Yeah, three. So um, nine, seven, and four. So they've all just oh, had wow. their birthdays. So yeah, it's quite hectic. I have to say, homeschooling. I thought I'd be a teacher when I went to Goldsmiths, but I've been really <laughs> oh, <yes>. bad, <laughs> really bad. <laughs> it's not been easy. Emily, do you sing karaoke? Do Do you sing karaoke ever? I'm constantly singing so I just walk around the office our office has got really high ceilings and I keep talking about how we should have some kind of choral so what's your song that you sing in the office oh everything what did you sing this morning Moana as I was tr- as I was walking Moana <laughs> where you are oh sing you? it Emily <laughs> I <laughs> know oh, I, I can't I can't sing it now I can't like it needs to just flow as I'm walking in all those Moana songs get in your head it's so catchy Moana do you not oh, think it's, it's more catchy than Frozen oh well actually I was really into the second soundtrack of Frozen too. I felt like that 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 80s moment <laughs> that they kind of did like a Toto yeah they did kind of Toto it went lost in the woods when he's um he yeah that yes. was an excellent musical moment I think yeah it was actually even the start of Frozen 2 has got some oh, quite yeah. good music but I mean it was the but well, Moana to me is like so addictive I mean I can't I have to like not watch it after like midday because I can't it just stays in my head for days and days and days oh I agree I agree and we we had Nicole Scherzinger on the podcast and she's Moana's mum <laughs> the voice of oh wow and so she she did her we make our nest from the fire <laughs> the water is sweet inside and uh, yeah it's great <laughs> she was in the kitchen and Jessie said to her daughter this is Moana's mum and she said where's Moana <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what your um. Did you ever have packed lunch when you went to school? Yeah. Were you a packed lunch or a school dinners kind of girl? Uh, I had school dinners, but there were times when I had packed lunches. Obviously, like school trips, stuff like that. And what was your sandwich of choice? And did you have a special lunchbox? We're so I'm going back to a sort of like fairly traditional. Like we would go for kind of a cheese and pickle sort of sandwich. Yeah, love Fed, that. Obviously. Like, we used to make butter. So I used to make butter with my mum from the milk. And so we'd sit at the table and make butter. Well, you know, with those kind of butter paddle things? Have you seen those? Oh, fabulous. Yeah. So um, so we'd like, so my mum would bring it out of the bowl and I'd make it into a rectangle with those paddles. Um, and it was just the best butter in the world, like really, really creamy. And so we'd, so that would be my, that would be my sandwich with our kind of farm butter. That's such a lovely memory to have. I don't know, have you tried that in lock? in lockdown to make butter with the kids or is it just too much of a fan? To be honest, I haven't. Nick, my husband, is really... He's like, we've got to start making butter. Um, but we grow so many... Our time is spent in the garden because we we grow a lot of our own vegetables and we have a massive, um, you know, veg patch and fruit, fruit patch and stuff. So we've been harvesting a lot at the moment. So yesterday we were getting all the broad beans in and all the, you know, beans and tomatoes and courgettes and red peppers so yeah so we're making we are spending a lot of time making things but it's always it has to be from the garden at the moment do you ever go on holiday and if you do because I feel like kind of Glastonbury is this defining 
moment of of everyone's summer but do you go abroad ever and if you do is there any particular place that you go that like one place would you stay in the UK quite a lot we quite often go to Cornwall so we try and go to Cornwall for like most of August each year um oh nice we spend a lot of time in Cornwall. Have you been to Cornwall? Yeah, and I, I think yeah. there's really great food there too. So I, I'm, I'm mad about the food. Yeah, really good food. And they're really proud of their produce and their food in Cornwall. Yeah. Um, and they, yeah, it's really, it's really, really good food. And also just amazing for kids. So like our kids are just like learning to surf and just spend all their time just kind of catching waves and, you know, being battered about in freezing water. So it's really, it's great. And we don't, I mean, we kind of avoided like airports for the last few years just because we've got so many kids and it's quite um, nice just not having to go too far. But to be honest, I would really love to just be away right now. Aren't you just craving? Mm. Are you craving like some kind of getaway? Yeah. Yeah. We go to Greece every year. Oh, so that's where heaven. I got married. That's where mum is literally with, she's going to be waving that antibody positive test at anybody who will take it as an immunity passport so she can get on a flight there. <laughs> that is amazing. I mean, I have to say, I think Greece yeah. is pretty unbeatable, isn't it? It, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is great. But yeah, hopefully we'll be able to go. I don't know. Emily, a few more questions before we leave you to decide on your cheddar and packaging. But I wanted to know, yeah. have any artists ever brought their own private chefs backstage? Um, yeah, quite a few, actually. Oh, right. Okay. I remember like Muse bought their own kitchen, um, their own, uh, you know, chef and then kind of kitchen area that we kind of built but yeah I mean most most people are happy with um eat to the beat do you know eat to the beat yes it's really good amazing food really good Mm. do you think you've got good table manners Emily I mean I think so my dad was a bit of a stickler for table manners when I was growing up so he would like and he would sort of do that thing of like correcting me when one of my friends had bad table manners (laughs) <laughs> what as a kind of like way of not being out telling them off yeah so. so he'd go like love that no we always use put our fork in that you know that way round for example or like yeah. Emily don't oh, forget yeah. and I'd be like I'm sure I'm doing it the right way around and then I'd realise that <laughs> he was talking about one of my mates um, but yeah how are your table manners I mean I'm I'm greedy I eat too quickly I um, over order you never share a meal with Jessie never have tapas or a child. No, I wouldn't share that you though. Share because she just eats everything. <laughs> and so everybody else tries to keep up with her. And we all end up with indigest- indigestion. I have an insatiable appetite. Do you not chew your food properly, Jessie? Oh, I shouldn't think so. I, I, I just, I think I chew at a very fast rate. Yeah. And I'm quite. Um, I'm, Greedy uh, is the word yeah, I I utilise the, the, the time. I think having kids has made me chew even like, I, I'm literally like a 100 metre sprinter when it comes to chewing. So Because you have you, such a sm- short window of peace to eat. So you're like, quickly yeah. get it down, get it down. Totally. And what's your worst table manner in somebody else? What can't you stand when you see somebody else doing something? I think my worst thing is probably not sharing. So like if Nick's like, should we share that? I'm like, get your own. Because I know that realistically... 
you know, a bit, it's a bit of a race, like you say, with kids. You're kind of racing to get through it. Oh, so so you so you don't like to share. So you'd be the person that, it, with it, when a curry's there, you'll be like, I'm having my own mane. Well, because Nick's really, so he's really fast. And so he just kind of like races through. And so I'm like then competing with him. So I'm like, oh, if yeah. we kind of can just go at two different paces rather than like diving back into this bowl in the middle. Nick, because <laughs> Nick's like one of four boys. And so they... They're really, really all into food. And so, like, they all would be quite competitive about how much food's on their plate. So, you know, like, if someone had an extra potato, they'd notice. And they're still a little bit like that now. Um, like, at Christmas, it'll be like, well, you know, you've got more more carrots than I have. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so funny. <laughs> I wanted to know that regarding, you know, when I go to Glastonbury, whether I'm playing or I've been as a punter, whatever, and I have my, you know, my lineup, my dream lineup of where I'm going to go. And you try and make it and you kind of, you're overzealous with your selection because sometimes it's just not going to work out. Do you have that every year? Yeah. So I I totally have a dream lineup every year. And I think, oh, I'm going to see like all of these things and do all of this. And then I very, very rarely get to see any of it. Like, I'm lucky if I kind of see like one or two bands because just because you're so busy and you're like running around in these kind of crisis moments, there's always like the most unpredictable things that will be time consuming. So as much as I get so excited about it and curate it all and kind of feel really like proud of kind of what we, when we unveil it, then I normally miss most of it. But I rely on all of this feedback from people as to how things went. (laughs) But you are very calm, you you seem very calm as and I think that must be absolutely the temperament you need to manage something like Glastonbury because there must be things going constantly wrong and a zillion people saying, Emily, what shall I do? Emily, this yeah. is Emily, this is happening. What shall I do? And you have to just keep calm and manage it. Yeah, I think you get used to a certain level of stress. Um and that's quite an important part of it. Just to be able to tune tune out as well and switch off from it all when you need to focus and delegate. on something and delegate. Yeah. And luckily the team is just so is just so brilliant. You know, we've got such an amazing bunch of people down here who run all the different areas. And so you kind of, you know, you there is so much trust as well. Fantastic. Emily, it's been such a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank Bye. you. Thank Take you care. so so much. We will see you next year. I'm coming with chicken soup and matzo balls. Yeah. I'm going to get some cheese. We'll get some cheese over. Chickens, we can do a chicken soup cheese exchange. I'll, get, I'll be making butter by then. Oh, it'll be amazing. <laughs> what a woman. She was lovely. She was delightful. Just kind of an, a, a normal, down-to-earth, easy person. And she's met all those famous stars. And she wasn't a bit starry, was she? She's just, like, so impressive and brilliant. I just think that, like... I mean, we didn't talk about the fact that she's been very vocal about it being far more equal, the lineup with women and men. And, and I, you know, it's always um, been so varied and amazing. And I just, yeah, I, I don't know. She's magic. I think she's it's so inspiring. I really, really enjoyed that. I also love the fact that I've got my first booking of a 2021 first festival booking. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, so have I. 
And I'm there. I know, you really muscled in with the chicken soup. Oh, please, can I give you some chicken soup, Emily? darling, I didn't. Um, What a Wonder Woman. Love her, love Glastonbury. It's the best place on earth. If you haven't been, good luck getting a ticket next year um, because it's going to be a big year next year. And I am so thrilled that we got to speak to her. She's a remarkable brilliant woman in music she's philanthropic as well I mean she thinks about others that's important but I just wondered having got all your energy and adrenaline to Glastonbury and then you're at the final hurdle it's like a champion runner and then they say it's over you're not doing it it must have been awful for them but then look you can hear she's sorting out packaging for the cheddar she's sorting out a huge weekend of of coverage over the last 50 years because this was the 50th anniversary it's um I feel like she's pretty busy she's also got three kids yeah Three children. She looks very young. I feel like she doesn't disagree with her dad as much as we disagree. She probably doesn't exploit her father as much as you exploit me. Can you bring the shopping over, Mum? <laughs> Instead of the other way round. <gasps> Mum! Yeah. Mum, Alice, our wonderful producer, has had a suggestion and she is all things audio. She thinks maybe we should just do a garden table manners who can we get out to come to a garden of ours i'm fed up of cooking for myself i'm telling you that put the feelers out thank you for listening we will be back next week with more table manners special circumstances um and in the meantime go and enjoy uh, the bbc's coverage of glastonbury festival this weekend The music you've heard on Table Manners is by Peter Duffy and Pete Fraser. Table Manners is produced by Alice Williams. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.